senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is uh, episode 48, and it is the last episode of the show before the new year. Yes. So, being the end of the year, you know what that means. What does it mean, Rob? Yeah, only we know what it means. Nobody knows what it means. However, yes, it is the first annual Crisis on Infinite Midlives Crises Awards, celebrating the best. The worst, the finest, and the shittiest, and barely remembered comics and TV and movies from 2014. We are broadcasting live from tape from the beautiful Mad Dog 2020 Wine-Style Beverages Product Center in the beautiful industrial outskirts of Boston, featuring performances from Wacky the Putts, The Bum Elders, Guy Lombardo's Painful Urination Trio, Beyonce's Vacuum Backfat, Truly Steve, Celine Dion's spastic sister, and Armpit and the Felch Tones. And please welcome your hosts, Pixie Sticks, Trebuchet, Amanda, and, well, this fucking guy. You have any idea how long I looked for all these fucking sound effects? You're why we can't have nice things. I know. I'm the worst person in the world. So yeah, the theory behind this show is, uh, since there ain't nothing going on in comics right now anyway, um, yeah, just sort of look back at some of the, the best and worst stuff from the year, and I had really lofty fucking ideas about this, came up with fucking, uh, clearly, uh, all the sound effects in the world. Read, got drunk at a bar, said, hey, you know, we should do an award show. Yeah, I okay, that's basically how it started, but yeah, it came up with categories and spent yeah. all this time figuring it out and invited... Pixie Sticks and Trebuchet, why don't you guys say hello, actually? I'll, I'll give the sound effects a break for the moment. Thank God. Oh, <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey, that's tre- that was Trebuchet. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. All right, I said I'd give it a break, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> and Pixie Sticks, you I will leave alone with the sound effects. Thank you. <laughs> Much appreciated. Uh, so, yeah, I had all these great ideas, and then it came in, and you guys have some ideas right (laughs) it's probably just as well because yeah i sat down and came up with all these notes and it would be a three-hour fucking show if we did absolutely everything so absolutely yeah let's just frigging wing it so all right so where do you guys want to start the the movies sure yeah the ringing silence yeah Yeah, this is radio what movies we're talking what are we doing How (laughs) how did i get here uh, Where are your pants? <laughs> Damn it. Uh, all right. So why don't we start with uh, with the best. Oh, wait. We'll do this. The the best comic book movie. I'm calling it the Faggy for Kevin Fake. That's not too weird, is it? <laughs> Only a little. Only a little. The all music right. just makes it seem way too classy. I feel like we should like disclaim that with like, Thank you to Mrs. Hooper's like sixth grade band class. We'll return you to your families eventually. Something. Yeah, it's. I don't even know where I got it. I was shit faced <laughs> when I put it together. So fair use. So, all right. So does everybody have a, a favorite comic book movie of the year or, or yeah. genre movie? 
All right. So who wants to start out? I, I uh, sure I'll go. I'll throw it out there. Trebuchet. What do you What All do right, you got? So I, I have to go with uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy just for the sheer entertainment value of it. Uh, I was really close to going with Captain America: Winter Soldier, which was a damn good movie. It was a good comic book movie, and it was a really good movie in general. Um, but Guardians of the Galaxy is just is different and fresh, and they did, and James Gunn did an incredible job bringing that up. So I'm going to go with that. I second that. I heard that. <laughs> okay. okay, moving on. <laughs> well, I don't. Fuck you. How does that sound? Well, your opinion is invalid. So next, <laughs> I, I I went with Captain America because Guardians of the Galaxy. It was it was a hard decision for me. Guardians of the Galaxy was fun, but realistically, it was playing with low risk characters. Nobody knew who the fuck any of these characters were, and because of that, even though they had histories in the Marvel universe, you could basically fuck with them in any way you wanted to. Like Drax the Destroyer probably has the longest history of any of them, and in the comics, he was a dude who was picked up by Kronos and modified to fight Thanos and yeah, was a complete moron with brain damage in the Infinity War and the Infinity Gauntlet. So, yeah, they could just take whatever liberties they wanted. Because of that, it was a really good movie. But Winter Soldier really had to deal with characters that are well-known, and they really captured the spirit of Captain America from, like, the early 70s and when Mark Gruenweld was writing it. And um, it had Abed from Community in a cameo. Which, Abed helps everything. <laughs> I think, if we don't all agree on that, we're closing this fucking thing down right now. But, and, and yeah, it was the first movie to show S.H.I.E.L.D. as an actual organization beyond Nick Fury just having unlimited wrecks for personnel and a helicarrier budget. Yeah. So, and and it's the best female superhero movie of probably ever, because it really fleshed out Black Widow, despite being in Iron Man 2 and in Avengers. And yet, she's still not in the title. <laughs> yes, and that that's a problem, and she really should be getting her own movie. At she least, should. At least Captain Marvel's coming out, but she was... Kevin Feige. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, the other the other big thing about that one that, that honestly, I was really impressed with is how it, it's starting to prove out their the the whole Marvel universe thing and the and their their the way that they're mixing the whole universe together with the crossover onto TV with Agents of Shield mm-hmm. and how that basically completely screwed uh, screwed if anyone look at that but completely messed with the plot lines in that show so they're able to they have this other venue to to continue the story and and kind of keep it moving between the set pieces. Um, so yeah, that was impressive. I I still I still think Guardians of the Galaxy was just different enough that you know, given the choice between the two, I still got to go with with uh, with Rocket and Groot. You know, <laughs> <laughs> look, Guardians of the Galaxy was was definitely fun and one of my favorite movies of the year. And it was a really hard decision for me, and clearly I'm outvoted on this. So, well, I think for me it came down to mo- movies that I have like sort of infinite replayability feelings about and i can watch guardians of the galaxy over and over again and find some little easter egg that i missed the first time around oh yeah there's i can turn my head off and just (laughs) (laughs) and the music is certainly better i'll give it that but but i mean not to take anything away from winter soldier i I think it's an excellent movie but just in terms of what what do i want to put on the television when i just want to have fun and i'm going to go with guardians of the galaxy no, oh, yeah. In no way was my picking Captain America 
saying it's a bad movie. God knows I never sat up here drunk and got a whole bunch of fucking sound effects from <laughs> from Captain America. Oh, I'm sorry. I I didn't know how this machine worked. So so there's definitely yeah a lot of fun and I figured I would be outvoted on this one and that's fine. Look if we if we agreed on everything this would be an exceedingly boring show. <laughs> so all right so it's, so we we want to give this one to Guardians of the Galaxy then. Yes. Okay. Congratulations to Guardians of the Galaxy and yeah all right I'm just going to stop that shit. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I went to all that trouble. I'll just stop it's, it. It's okay. All right. So you meant well. All right. So want to go to the? I know Amanda and I agree on this one. I'm not sure you guys even saw it, but the worst comic book movie. The, in that case, Pixie Six. Why don't Why don't you pick out the worst comic book movie you saw this year? I feel like those were the only two comic book movies I saw <laughs> this year. <laughs> I right. know for a fact that is not true. Well, yeah. Then I mean, clearly, I have a winner in that category. Nice. No, you didn't see uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Believe me, that's not what we're going to say. I possibly did. I have not been a fan of the X-Men movies in general. Yeah, I could say. I'm generally not an X-Men fan. I, I like the movies. The The comic books have such a goddamn long soap opera history. It's And I've been reading comic books since I was five years old. It's almost fucking impenetrable. It's just yeah. it's impossible to get into. And with no origin story beyond born dumb, <laughs> born weird. Nice. So... No. What was? Well, I, well, go ahead. You can go ahead and dive in because I'm sure we won't agree. But go ahead. <laughs> well, I I had to choose between Sin City Two, Amazing Spider-Man Two, or X-Men: Days of Future Past. And when I thought about it, ultimately, I thought that Sin City Two held together the least well because it wasn't anything we had seen before. It wasn't anything new in terms of the visual stuff because they did all of that in the first movie. They they mangled several of the characters. And it was, you just spent more time looking at it incredulously than actually enjoying it. Oh, Sin City 2 is a piece of shit. It was absolutely horrible. I was baffled how bad it was. I mean, that's definitely, yeah, that's the one I went for. Because, yeah, the effect's no longer groundbreaking. They completely mischaracterized Nancy Callahan. Yeah. You know, and retroactively, by making her a badass, completely eliminated Hardigan's sacrifice from the first movie by making her expose herself, you know, as still being alive to Rourke. There isn't a woman in it who isn't a manipulative scumbag. Uh, Ava, she's nothing but a set of tits and lies, and Ava Green is a terrifying fucking woman. (laughs) She's a terrifying actress. I understand why they cast her, because she'll remove her clothes and seems to defy gravity, but she's just this severe-looking horror that I just... I I can't personally get excited. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is fucking completely wasted. He's got a really pretty compelling character but his motivations wind up being stupid and he his final end of oh you're gonna kill me but Rourke you will know forever that I'm the person who beat you twice and 15 minutes Rourke is fucking dead when Nancy shoots him in the face so Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Johnny is completely wasted yeah oh it's just so goddamn bad nice yeah, no, I I had uh, I had gone with a couple of other genre movies, not necessarily comic book movies. That's but, fine. Um, I have actually recently seen the 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 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot, oh God. Yes. rehash thing. Yeah, was... And although I have to give some serious props to the to the digital artists 
who who did that movie. It was absolutely impressive. I have never seen a more realistic looking Megan Fox. Um, <laughs> did they grow her thumb back? Almost looked like a person. It was it was amazing. Uh, no, no, they, they got to trim the thumb back. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's probably the one I'm going to have to go with for for my my least favorite comic book movie for this year. Uh, I wanted to like it, but it they just went too far into the real trying to make everything based in reality and the mm. way they looked and all that and it just it lost it you know they the characterizations were closer to to the original um you know individual turtle um personalities but it just uh it, it didn't work yeah uh-huh. it. i i didn't even bother seeing that one and i remember you know, read some of the comics back in the 80s i stopped reading them and i liked the first movie i was 18 i you know I didn't see the first movie. There were certainly not a lot of comic book movies out there. We'd had Batman and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So yeah. you, you went to it. But yeah, this one, all the advanced press on it with, oh, no, they're not going to be teenagers or mutants. They're right. aliens. And the, the thing just had the stench of Michael Bay failure all over the goddamn thing. Yeah, it, it really did. And, you yeah. know, and, and this were the honorable mentions for me go to the other Michael Bay monstrosity you know as much as i feel like george rupus george rupus george lucas raped my childhood george rupus he, he actually george does the Ru- bollywood version george lupus <laughs> um it's never lupus you know the the transformers movie again just awful oh my god was there another Age of extinction movie? oh yeah oh, there's <laughs> optimus fucking prime riding the fucking dinosaur there's like, one every two years whether you need it or not yeah. it's like a rectal um, exam but in you know and those kind of go without saying i don't even honestly don't even qualify those anymore they're just horrible uh, as a genre thing goes, I also recently caught up and watched that. Uh, what the hell is uh, Divergent? Oh God, yeah, thing. that's been on cable like every other hour. Um, I, I, I was like, my God, this is horrible. I remember seeing. I mean, I know you, uh, Pixie Six, has read the book. I read the books. Read, I read the, the books. books. I had yeah. no, no, I had zero advanced knowledge. All I had seen was the marketing campaign for that piece of crap. And I'm like, oh, all right, so cool, like superpower, some weird shit like that. Fuck no, it's. Oh wow! You have you have more than a couple of moods. You must be killed. You know, you're not. You know, if you're gonna be a, a hippie, you need to be a super hippie, or we'll kill you. Or you need to be a fucking. If you're gonna be Amish, you need to be a fucking super Amish, or we're gonna kill you. Abneg- abnegation. Abnegation. <laughs> abnegation. Yeah. yeah, it's just like all I know is fuck? super Amish. I'm taking that. <laughs> I now own that and all the subsidiary rights. Super Amish. I think uh, that's. I think that's a show that Vanilla Ice builds things on, right? Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Vanilla Ice can't build. <laughs> no, when my mother showed me that it exists as a thing in the world, he goes and he builds houses with the Amish. If Vanilla Ice is holding a hammer, he's attempting suicide. <laughs> Help him. Nice. Yeah, nice. I've not been exposed to Divergent at all beyond you the don't TV need to commercials. Be. You don't need to be. It, it was... goes downhill after book one as far as the books go. And yeah. I can't imagine if the, if the books get I... worse, I can't imagine the movies are going to get yeah, any better. I... The books get worse. Yeah. It, it, yeah. The problem I've had with a lot of young adult books and movies that have come from it is I feel like, at least for me, they all have the stink of Twilight around them. Well, that's, everybody's <laughs> like, oh, look, we can we can make a franchise out of something. Yeah, and, and I've heard great things about the Hunger Games books and movies and haven't really gone to see it. I caught some of the first one on an airplane back from San Diego Comic-Con a couple of years ago, and it wasn't bad. Yeah. But it, I just can't force myself to go out and grab them because it's... Yeah, just this twilight feel of oh no, yeah, they're good. Yeah, I mean, I, they're... I, I like those the series is yeah. they're good. It's just that they, they 
they have made the obvious misstep this time of of breaking the last one into two movies when it absolutely 100% did not need to be and it is an obvious money grab you yeah. know and, and that's just where it's like okay well you lost me <laughs> well i mean they they've been doing that for what was the first one to do it was it was it the hobbit Trying to split that yeah, into well, three movies. Well, well, yeah. We used to go back to the Lord of the Rings was really the first trilogy, and that's what that's close to fifteen years ago now. Yeah, but even that, they didn't split. Right, uh, but Return well, of the King into two. Flicks. Right, there were three. It felt like it felt like it with you know fifteen endings, but <laughs> um, but you know, but when yeah, The Hobbit was really the first one. They said, oh well, we did it with we turned three three books into three movies. We can turn one book into three movies, and that's kind of the. You can only the have yeah. so much dwarvish singing. That's really what I think what it comes yes. down to. Yeah, uh, none. None would be fine with me. <laughs> it's like, oh, we got to pad this out. Yeah, if you guys could just, you know, acapella something for a while in like bass tones. <laughs> just make some make some words up. Uh, there we go. Yeah. All right. So do we have a consensus on a worse one? See, I can't address Divergent. Yeah, no, I, I, I would. My pick is the Turtles movie, but. Um... I, if I had seen the Turtles movie, I probably would have agreed with you. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I agree just on the fact that yeah, he the digital stuff was decent and they they dropped the ball when it came to the dialogue and the plot and yeah, all the stuff that you know matters. Yeah. You know what I saw Sin City Two, I agree with you. But on the principle that Michael Bay should not be allowed anywhere near a comic book property, <laughs> I have to agree with I with will Trebuchet. sign that petition in a heartbeat. <laughs> all right. Since it was so insipid we didn't even want to watch it. Alright, we'll go with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two as the winner. <laughs> Worst comic book movie of the year. Oh my god, I didn't realize this was like 30 seconds. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> Can you play your own intro off? <laughs> <laughs> um, play myself off. <laughs> I could probably do that. I, I was planning to save that for Trebuchet <laughs> at some point. But um, All right, you want to move to TV? Sure. All right, so the best comic or genre TV series. Yeah, Amanda, why don't you start this one off? You know, I was going to give it to The Flash, which I've enjoyed because it's been so unabashedly, hey, we are a superhero show. And they've got, you know, tights and and supervillains and they have goofy code names. But then you were bitching about Eva Green drunkenly last night. And I realized that what I think actually is my favorite genre show for this year is Penny Dreadful. Hmm. That was a really good show. Because that is everything that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen should have been, speaking of shitty comic book movies. And and Ava Green is actually not bad in it because she plays an emotionless <laughs> fucking just, yeah, a blank slate that occasionally... Goes for your jugular? That occasionally allows the, the meat to be chucked to her. Um, so, so, yeah, she's actually... Her severity works. She was cast correctly in that, in that and I, I, I think... did enjoy that a lot. I think in terms of, you know, the the way that they're they're playing with these Victorian story tropes and the way that they're bringing them together in a way that doesn't feel like, hey, let's get all of these monsters in one room together and see what would happen. They're, they're actually being thoughtful about Frankenstein, um, Dr. Frankenstein and his creation. I like that they named him Caliban because um, yeah. that's, you know, like a nice kind of callback to... Um, that movie with the Ray Harryhausen st- Clash of the Titans. Um, <laughs> I was going to say Debbie Does Dallas. What? No. <laughs> um, I, I just I think it's all done very well, and I like that they held off until the very end on uh, having um, what's his face uh, Wolf out. Um, oh yeah, although it was pretty Josh clear. Josh Hartnett. Well, let's move to have Have you guys seen Penny Dreadful? No, I have. 
Okay. Yeah. I got that on the TiVo. Yeah, it, you should watch it, Pixie Sticks. It's <laughs> it's far. It, yeah, it's like some people sat down and said, "Okay, let's unfuck League of Extraordinary Gentlemen." <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was definitely a good one. Good. All right, Pixie Sticks, you got a nominee. I don't know. Um, we've been watching Shield and uh, also Flash. Which I just find I don't any of these WB shows that are about <laughs> the teenagers and the I, I can't handle that or CW I guess it is not WB. Um, either either way, teenager show. <laughs> yeah, no, not much patience. Nice. Um, yeah, no. It, I I I had I had the Flash on my list. I had Constantine on my list. Uh, I think that's a good attempt for uh, for television. Constantine, I, I'm enjoying it. I couldn't yeah. put it anywhere near best just based on that yeah. fucking pilot uh. that was so, <laughs> so abominable. Awful. Nice, you know. And what's her face? The walking exposition, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, tell me about yourself, John, and I'll sit here quietly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's this do? Yeah. Well, funny you should ask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just mate. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it got better quickly and has continued to get better, but because yes. of its wretched start, I couldn't put it up there. Yeah. yeah. No. Um Yeah, I I, I was kind of going with the Flash for for that reason too because it was it was it's very earnest. Uh, and it's like we're it's we're not trying to hide that it's a superhero story. Um But yeah, I hadn't I really hadn't thought about Penny Dreadful. That's that's a that's a tough one. That's uh, that's good. It's a thinker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I hit the wrong button. Damn it! Don't, don't hit the no wrong sound one. effect this time. What Shit. a shame! Yeah. Oh, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> With this one, I and I I can't believe it because I've always always liked it, but it's always had problems. But this has been a solid season. This year, I'm going with Walking Dead. This this latest season. Number one, shit has actually happened. That's it's exciting. moved along. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that Terminus storyline, take care of it in one episode, turn Carol into a badass, gets Rick off his fucking farmer fence and says, okay, yep, this is what I have to do to survive and shows what the consequences mm. of that can be to somebody's personality. Dawn was not the most compelling villain ever. And it was just another iteration on some level of, you know, oh, here's somebody with some power who turns it into a dystopia, just like the governor and Negan in the comics. You know, so we've seen it over and over again. But, you know, at, at least it led up to Beth's death, which really had some feeling behind it. Yeah. Um, I think it was a really solid half season anyway. And, and I, I would like to nominate Father Gabriel for the annual Carly Award for the best character who just wanders off to get menaced by zombies for no good fucking reason <laughs> at all. Stay in the house. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean... At least based on this half season, and fuck it, it's the end of the year. It's all we're going to get. You know, I'm going with Walking Dead on this one. I I want to agree with you on Walking Dead, except, yeah, I found that Dawn was not all that original a concept other than they decided let's have another female villain. I thought that Denise Crosby's character was far more compelling. <laughs> In a much shorter time. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. yeah. Dawn was not that strong. I think that yeah. what I think I found interesting on that particular point was that they kind of introduced the idea that Dawn coming from law enforcement 
it, it's kind of like one of those things. This is what could have happened with like Rick and Shane under the right circumstances. Right. Was going to happen with Shane. Well, well yeah. definitely was going to happen yeah. with yeah. Shane. Yeah, that, that's actually true. It, it was absolutely on the board to happen. But if if they had been in a slightly different circumstance, that could have been them. And would that make them the quote unquote bad guys? You know, that that's kind of some of the, the interplay they're they're starting to get to. So in some respects, I, yeah, I kind of agree that it, it was a good season. I don't know if it was the best. I'm still I think pissed about Beth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that pissed about Beth. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> when, no, I, when, when, well, she's never been my favorite character in the show. When, when she got hit and uh, and Daryl just stepped up on <laughs> Beth, and she's like, no, I, I rewound that <laughs> a couple of times. And if Amanda hadn't have been there, I might have touched myself a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. So <laughs> I'm learning new things about you. <laughs> Not because of Daryl, because uh-huh. of <laughs> raw animal vengeance gets me a little excited. What sure. you want from me? Whatever it takes to get you through that, okay? So. But, but Pixie Sticks was going to say something. No, I, I definitely have enjoyed this half season more so than any of the recent ones, but it's it's a little bittersweet because as much as I'm enjoying what's happening right now, I know what is coming. probably coming. Yeah. Yeah. After this. Yeah. So That's a good point. Which will come up later in the countdown. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, we'll, I'm sure we will get there. So, all right. So, do we have any kind of consensus on this one? I don't think, don't we, think do, we do, and that's no. okay. So, so what do we do? It's a tough problem to have. We can't really find something that's glaringly, obviously awful. Yeah. Oh no. No. We'll we'll get to. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah, I would say we'd get to awful, but even my choice is less awful for the worst than just the weakest. But I know what I it, think was the most awful. It really is kind of cool to <laughs> yeah. to live in a time where not only we have all these Marvel movies, but yeah, just this you know, spoiled for choice for really cool genre TV shows. I'll say, so, I think the one that that stepped up and and got better was probably Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield is a lot stronger this year. The first season, it really was Monster yeah, of the Week, Monster of the Week, and uh, yeah, Agent. What's his name? Trebuchet, you call Ward. him. You, yeah, Abercrombie. You call him. And Agent Abercrombie. <laughs> so yeah, him taking a turn to the evil. Yeah, I like that. And yeah, it feels more like a more like a core. Yeah, that the Marvel universe is really tied into it. Yeah. Well, they spent the first. I think they knew where it was going with the with the tie into Winter Soldier and all that stuff like that. But they had to take the time to establish the characters. Try to get you know. Try to get the you know. Coulson was probably the only one that was established at all. Yeah. And even he wasn't really fleshed out. So they had to do that and kind of get the audience go. But then they they did feel like they had to kind of coast a little bit until Winter Soldier came out. Yeah. Um, but then once that once that that whole gear kicked in, yeah, they they they've stepped up a little bit and it's a little more. Yeah, Winter Soldier getting involved really put it on a course that it stayed on. And this season, yeah, I mean Kyle MacLachlan is. Mr. Hyde. Yeah. It's just been, <laughs> he's just been a lot of fun. It's like, fuck it, I'll chew the scenery. I'll go back yeah. and forth from it, insane to lovable to. And we, and we don't have a favorite ca- character category, uh, enumerated here, but I, I, I gotta give props out to Patton Oswald. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He, he is just clearly having a blast being on that yeah. fucking show. Yeah. It's just, you can just see it every time he's on the screen. It's just like, okay, he's just completely running with it. So, yeah. All right, so so this one we'll just call it a draw. Yeah, th- there's just a lot of a lot of good shit. 
too I, much. So to everybody, everybody wins this one. I feel good about me. <laughs> this does add a certain gravitas to this ridiculous fucking show. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, let's move on to, and this might be a short conversation, because, again, my worst is really just sort of the weakest right now, but yet worst comic or genre TV series. And you know what? I know what Amanda's <laughs> going to say. I'm going to go last. This. Oh, you want to go last? I want to go last. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> Trebuchet, you want to? I don't think I can say it in your presence. Yeah, yeah you can. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Gotham. <laughs> no, oh, sorry. You're an imbecile. There, now we got it. <laughs> well, you can say Gotham. I am saying Gotham. All right. <laughs> it's defend yourself, motherfucker. Def- defend myself. Okay. A Batman show with no fucking Batman. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> No, that's okay because that'll play into what I'm going to talk about later. Well, yeah, th- th- there's there's a Batman. I mean, he's 12 and his he's got his first. Oh, so it's like Anakin fucking Skywalker. <laughs> oh, that's better. Anakin Wayne. <laughs> Alfred, will you teach me to fight? Yippee! He goes to the schoolyard. The kids won't let him be Batman. Well, that's what I call batarangin'. Oh. Wee! Oh Jesus! He was wrong and you knew it. You got to stop Jesus. doing that. <laughs> Um. Okay. Uh, my choice. Uh, yeah, it's fucking Gotham. I agree. <laughs> it's, uh, and I don't think it's a bad show. Again, I think it's the weakest of what's out there. I think it had real potential to be a, and it's probably not fair to compare it to the Gotham Central comic series. Yeah. But it had real potential to be good cops in a bad city that's just descending into the place where it needs to be bat needs to have a Batman. And yeah, we've got half-ass supervillains. We got a smarmy douchebag penguin. Well, that's the thing. They they, they went. They could have been a, a practically a procedural, right? It could have been good cop back. It could have been like the shield, right? Yeah. But no, it's a, hey kids, it's the penguin. Oh look, it's the Riddler. Wink, wink. Yeah. That yeah. It, and it's just fucking stupid. After a while, it's like okay, how many how many one-off characters are you going to name drop in one episode? I mean, <laughs> yeah. The best part of the show uh, is. Donal Logue as yeah. Bullock and what Pertwee? I forget, uh, Sean Pertwee. Sean Pertwee as Alfred. I actually like. I him like as that. Alfred. Actually, I do yeah. like that iteration of Alfred. It, it's know, a it, little more for you know. Yeah, arr. trying like hell to figure out how to be a father to this monomaniacal <laughs> little <laughs> prick with his you know douchey. Little... I want our financial plans. <laughs> Bring them to me. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. I will never get tired of this soundboard. But and well, can I, we also talk about how they're like grossly screwing up the characterizations of Renee Montoya and, and um, Crispus Allen? Oh yeah, well <laughs> it's gotten a little better, but yeah, just you know, douchebag antagonistic cops. Well, and Montoya coming from some weird misplaced sense of you know I'm jealous because you're with Jim Gordon to Barbara. Like, oh, so yeah, I'm going to railroad him out of town. The beyond. whole Montoya-Barbara thing yeah. just feels forced. They can just chuck Barbara out of town at any time. I, I don't know who the actress is, <laughs> but she's awful. She is only there to whimper to Jim that it's a terrible city and yeah. that she has to flee and to have romantic tension with Montoya. So, yeah, we can get rid of that character any time now. Yeah, I, I feel like it, they would have been better served to move forward seven years further. To, to not have the, you know, the little kid 
yeah. Bruce Wayne, but have maybe even, yeah, I'm sorry, but the angsty teenager Bruce Wayne, at least he could kick somebody's ass and not get shot on the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what it could still do? happen. Somebody there could learn from daytime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just get Bruce Wayne the hell out of town. Make exactly. it a non-issue. Make him, make him go on his little trip into Asia, disappear when he comes back as Batman. Great. But yeah, it, 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 it no. <laughs> and, and yeah, we get the, the motivating factor of Balloon Man, the vigilante. <laughs> really? That's what makes Batman decide. Yeah. <laughs> but did I tied him to a balloon and threw him up in the air. <laughs> That's much easier than a gun. I shall become a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I shall become a condom. Shit, I'm so close. I, I'm nice. not quite there. But <laughs> okay. uh, Now, you wanted to go last, so Pixie Sticks, do you have a... I agree with Gotham. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here come the fireworks. Go. This last season of Doctor Who sucked balls. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not worse than Gotham. No, no, no. It was. I, I no, kind of because agree. Gotham has time to get better. It's brandy new. <laughs> Somebody's pissed at you. <laughs> oh, good. Get, get him out here. I'll tell him to his face. Thanks. <laughs> Whereas I've been watching Doctor Who since I was a tiny child, and I'm, I'm you want to talk about somebody shitting on your childhood, <laughs> Moffat <laughs> can go off into like the great beyond with George Lupus and <laughs> Rupus, Lucas, whatever. <laughs> it, seriously, like I watched an entire season about a brand new Doctor, and I really like Peter Capaldi. Can we please? Oh, I guess we can't because I just saw the goddamn Christmas special. Get rid of Clara fucking Oswald. No, yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. Most disappointing news of the month, I think. Oh. Yeah. That she's not going away. And it yeah. was spoiled for me on Twitter, so I knew about it before I even saw it. So I'm just like, Err, Moffat. Moffat. And I swear I'm not like one of those like rabid, like I want to hate Stephen Moffat because he's like breathing on the, he's written some good episodes, but it's just. If I wanted to watch a whole season about Clara Oswald, I would watch. I would watch the Clara Oswald show. I would watch that. Just, <laughs> I would watch. That. I want some choice in my life. I want to see Especially a Doctor if it was Who on series Showtime or HBO about <laughs> Skinamax. Yeah, there is a whole. There was a whole Billy Piper thing where she played like a whore, nice. so that you can find that. <laughs> Wait, where's my <laughs> Clara does Gallifrey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I, I think it's more irritating because I feel like the big this was a setup. The whole Mister Pink thing was this is how Claire is going to leave. She's too upset to go yeah. on, and now that's not happening. And so these episodes have been wasted on nothing. Yeah. And well, it was clearly they had the original ending uh, about five minutes before the the final ending of this one where she was 60 something or 80 something and the doctor had never come back and had missed his chance clearly that's what it was which didn't make sense to me anyhow because time traveling doctor he could just go back further i don't whatever oh there was there was something earlier (laughs) there was something earlier on that you can't cross your personal timeline or something except that he does all the time when it's convenient yeah well (laughs) When it's convenient, is how they, it. it's how they do everything <laughs> yeah. on the fucking Doctor Who. Yeah, it's a show about time travel. You can retcon anything. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, what happened is, uh, what's the name of the actress that plays 
Jenna Louise Coleman. Jenna Louise Coleman saw what happened with uh, Karen Gillan and Selfie and said, shit, I ain't jumping off of here anytime <laughs> soon. At uh, least Karen Gillan has Nebula to fall back on. Yeah, I know. She, she's she got another movie that'll start anytime soon. But so, but like I, you know, when you and I were going back and forth on this last night, you were like, "No," but it was it was interesting. You know, there was there was character development, and I said, "Look, if I, Batman and Robin, nobody's reading Batman and Robin for Robin. If they want to read about Robin, they pick up the Robin comic book." Well, Trebuchet is. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, shorter pants. <laughs> Doctor Who's companions are supposed to be there to be necessary exposition, to be character foils, and to make the Doctor better. And I learned very little about the new Doctor this season. I learned a lot about Clara, and I don't give a shit. Which is fair. And I think that that Danny Pink was probably the most interesting and compelling character, and he was killed needlessly. Yes. They fridged Danny. Yeah. (laughs) It's an equal opportunity show. (laughs) It's a... I. I don't disagree with you. See, I don't have years and years of history with Doctor Who. So as long as some of the characters are interesting to me, yeah, build up Clara's character. I didn't mind. Because frankly, I never, uh, in the first season with Clara, didn't find her all that compelling. Because yeah, she was just there and she was the MacGuffin in what, which is, I always forget if it's Time of the Doctor or Day of the Doctor, where it turns out she saved everybody through the years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, giving her some character development was fine with me, but I don't have 20 years of Doctor Who history. I felt that it was at the expense of of forwarding the Doctor's character. It's like they couldn't figure out how right. to tell meaningful stories about him. He would just sort of show up at Deus Ex Doctor at the end of Clara doing something and and either fix it or, or praise her for it or backhandedly praise her for it. <laughs> well, it, they took a certain risk with this season in getting an older dude to be the Doctor. And we've talked about this before in that you know, yeah, when it was, uh, what's his face? The, who was the young one who just left? Matt, uh, Smith. Matt, Matt Smith. Smith, thank you. D- again, Doctor Who, I enjoy it, but, you know, I don't live it. Don't <laughs> push yourself to it. I get it. Yeah. You know? There's very little. There's nobody's you know, shooting anybody in the head out of, like, you know, vengeance. Yeah, there, there's not a lot of quick, angry vengeance, so <laughs> it's okay, and I, I enjoy it. But, uh, you know, Matt Smith built up such a fan base of, uh, yeah, these squealing teenagers. So to have an older dude become the doctor is a risk. And I could see Moffat doing a certain amount of risk mitigation of, okay, well, we've got this younger companion. Let's put a focus on her while people get used to Capaldi. Clearly, it didn't work for longer time oh, fans no. <laughs> or more rabid fans well, of the Doctor. Well, the other, the other sense I get from the whole thing for this particular past season is is that I think he had a great idea for an older doctor, let's go back to something a little more stodgy and crotchety and blah, blah, blah. But I think after about an episode and a half, he realized he didn't know how to write it. Yeah. Yeah. But so, he knew how to write Clara. Exactly. Yeah. God help us all. <laughs> so still, still not as bad as Gotham, but okay. <laughs> all right. Because I was going to ask, has Amanda changed everybody's mind? I, I'm still going with Gotham. Because I was, I think I'll still go with Gotham because I at least still watch Doctor Who. Whereas Gotham, I'm like, oh, you have this nonsense on again. Leave the room. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I still will keep watching. I just don't want to. I'm worried that I'm going to start like hate watching it or something. <laughs> oh God, my fucking brother! Because I, <laughs> I, if you listen to last week's episode, I was down south with my family over Christmas, and oh, my brother just ranting about you know I'm going to watch the. Christmas special, and I'm gonna hate it because fucking Moffat. And if you hate it that much, why do you? 
why do you watch it? <laughs> it's doing this to you. <laughs> and it, finally, I had to, because of this, and he doesn't understand this. I'm, I'm calling a moratorium, brother. Uh, don't <laughs> talk to me about Doctor Who ever again. You know, clearly, you've got your issues with it. I say, though, I, the one thing I wanted out of this that I didn't get was Nick Frost was great as Santa Claus. Why can't we have like a whole like another like season with like Capaldi and Santa Claus? Yeah. <laughs> like that would be a great. I I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be all right. Yeah, you know, they they team up, they fight crime. I don't, yeah, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you bring the elves too. Yeah. Cuz that was hilarious. I, I, and I'm struggling to remember the actor's name, but uh the guy who plays Strax was one of the elves. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, and I I saw that immediately. It was like that is awesome. That's great. It's it's bigger on the inside. Oh, <laughs> there was some good stuff in there, like Dreamy yeah, Weenie. Yeah. Come on, oh, for Christ's sake! No. <laughs> Strax. I want to look that up now. All right, all right. So, is this one? Do we have consensus on anything? Or well, I, I think you guys outvote me on this, so you have a majority. All right, so we will we'll go with Gotham as our winner. You know, even I'm tired of fucking hearing that. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's move on to some actual uh, comic books. Um, all right, so best comic book series of the year. Um. Oh, Dan Starkey is the. Uh, I think that's the, it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Dan Starkey is the actor, by the way. <laughs> Excellent. I will file that away in things I've already forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's our Twitter handle? <laughs> <laughs> it's right next to that. That's. <laughs> All right, so anybody want to start with best uh, comic book series of the year? This is where it'll be a little tricky for me because I haven't been keeping up with a lot of stuff. I've I, I, my pull list has been whittled down a little bit, um, but um, you're I, an I, imbecile. Well, this is this is without question. All right. Um, one of the things I actually picked up this year and I started to like uh, only because I am also a rabid fan of the source material. Um, is they uh, they released a uh, a Borderlands comic? Oh, okay. Uh, starting back all the way back to the original Borderlands game, uh, all about kind of the history of the the original characters and basically the first episode, if you want to call it, of of the original game in comic book form. And they're doing a really good job of it. Um, and so that's one of the ones that I've actually been keeping up with for a change. Yeah, and you don't have to play the game. I've been enjoying those, even though I don't play that. Okay, I've yeah. I've not seen that one or checked not it out. Not surprised. So. <laughs> All right. Who, do we do we know who who's writing it? Who does the art? I mean that um, we don't come prepared. I know. That's all right. I'll look it up on the internet. No, we so. requires thought. Borderline? No. Borderland. Borderlands. <laughs> uh, the, That's it. The fall you, of Firestone. You guys are why? You guys are useless to me. Show temples. Show temples. <laughs> the uh, let's see. Listen, Air Mac. <laughs> no, that doesn't help me at all. Oh, damn it! I didn't pull in the Pistari clip. Shit. <laughs> That's all right. I'll nice. learn to live with it. It's written by Mikey Newman with art by Augustin Padilla or Padilla. I don't know if he pronounces his name in the full Spanish style, but nice. All right. Well, it's not the origins. That says Borderland Origins. Yeah, that's the that's a couple of years ago. This oh. is uh, the the Fall of Firestone. Fall of Firestone. Yeah. This is the actual series. Ah, okay. IGN. The, this award show is a finely fucking tuned machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's the same group. Is it the same guys? Yeah. Newman and Padilla. Color by... Uh, well, they're scenes. doing a bang-up job, in my opinion. Well, all right. <laughs> all right, Amanda, what do you got? 
I had a couple of things. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, The Wicked and the Divine by Karen Gillan and Jamie McKelvey, because I think that's that's a See, I, heck I, of an original series. I got into that later. I've not read the first few issues. The one or two that I did read, yeah, it seemed pretty solid. Karen Gillan... Karen Gillan? No. Kieran. Kieran. Oh, Kieran. Kieran. Yeah, I'm hearing things. I'm like, wow. Okay, why did I not hear about this? Um, <laughs> well, she, she's got the time now. Yeah, so. plenty of time. Her and John Cho. Um, Southern Bastards, which is Jason Aaron's. Southern um, Bastards was fucking awesome. Indie indie book um, is is a hell of a thing. And and he's writing it um, as sort of a, a love letter to the South, but I think it's really a love letter for anybody who has hoped to leave their hometown hometown in like their rear view mirror and had to go back. Well, there's def- <laughs> there's definitely enough of that so anybody can relate to it, yeah. but he has clearly thrown such southern flavor. Yeah. Yeah, this is set in what Alabama, but I think so. Yeah, yeah. Having just come back from Florida, it's like okay, yep, seen that, <laughs> saw that. Okay, so yeah. um, and I also threw on their uh, Afterlife with Archie because that's a heck of a thing. <laughs> that has been that was entertaining. They, they turned that into series at this point. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. It's ongoing now. So, um, so I I'm hard pressed to pick an absolute favorite, but I think out of those three, I would have to go with Afterlife with Archie because. Who knew that, <laughs> that an Archie comic book could be a more compelling zombie story than even possibly The Walking Dead? Yeah, it's it's hard for me to to argue, and I've got I've got that title up for at least one other thing on the list for today. But yeah, I went with a uh, well, yeah, I, I had two, but the main one is Big Trouble in Little China. Oh yeah, you know, I had that for another. But okay, yeah, it, written by <laughs> Eric Powell. It, he just. <laughs> He has the whole Carpenter vibe. Yep. And he really has, because, yeah, there was a new issue this week that I just read this morning. He's got that Jack Burton slash John Wayne cadence down. <laughs> yeah. If you read it out loud to yourself, you can hear Jack Burton <laughs> as he's yeah, as he's doing the dialogue. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's just a good mix of Eric Powell's style of humor with Carpenter's. So there's just some big, broad, physical, gross-out humor. <laughs> Uh, with the the action comedy, and uh, yeah, one of the things I really liked, and I forget which issue it was. I want to say number three, where there was finally an explanation as to why Jack wouldn't kiss Gracie Law goodbye. He doesn't kiss anybody goodbye. It was actually kind of touching. Yeah, there's there's really good stuff going on in that book, and uh, and my backup was another Eric Powell, which I know I'm the only one here who probably read uh, uh, the Goon Occasion of Revenge. Uh, oh. Yeah, uh, miniseries, which was more of a Chinatown style, mm. you know, not funny stories, but really heartrending. That really just builds the goon up and then takes everything out from under him and just destroys him at the end. Uh, it was really solid comics. Powell, <laughs> <laughs> he he had a big year this year. Those were two really good series. So those are those are my picks. But I I can't argue with. You know, Southern Bastards or Afterlife with Archie, you know, also really good. So this is going to be another one. We've got no consensus. <laughs> so so uh, I have two picks as well. My first is The Fuse from Image, Ooh. which uh, follows a pair of homicide detectives on an energy platform in space. And um, I haven't seen that one. That sounds pretty good. It's uh, They're up to issue eight now. And um, I've been enjoying it. It's, you know, basic police procedural happens to take place on a space station and there there are things that revolve around that you know with the the you know um layout and the politics and see i'm already thinking outland 
which <laughs> I have a soft spot for that almost nobody else does. So, uh, And that is written by Anthony Johnston with art by Justin Greenwood. And then um, also, uh, I think um, one of my favorites this year has been Lumberjanes um, from Boom. Oh, yeah. And uh, that is written and drawn by a whole slew of female writers and artists. Um, the, the one who is the reason that I picked the book up to begin with is Noelle Stevenson, whose uh, online comic I follow and I enjoy her art. And so, What's but, her online comic? Uh, she was doing – it's actually – completed now um oh my god what was the name um it's been done for a few months um let's see here if you can't find it we can look it up later and chuck it in the show notes nice half the time we never remember to put stuff in the show notes okay nice yeah oh actually i was just that reminded me every once in a while i pick through your pulls uh and i think the only one of yours that I read multiple issues of was uh, Rat Queens. Yes. That oh, was I thought very that was well. really good too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I read a couple of those. Yeah. yeah I, I miss that. But, you know, as I've said multiple times in the show, not every book has to be for me and I recognize is for me. So, yeah, I just hadn't tried bitch, those. Bitch Planet. Bitch Planet. Bitch Planet. Well, bitch Planet, <laughs> bitch, bitch planet was, was Gave good. You a deep, uncomfortable. <laughs> we discussed when we did the review a couple weeks ago. It was, it's, not the easiest thing to say, okay, I'm the bad guy while reading a comic book. So it doesn't mean it was badly done. I said there's definitely stuff there to follow. But the, yeah, that may be one that's just not written for me. So. Okay. What can I do? All right, I suck. What can I say? <laughs> there. It was wrong and you knew it. There, I did it wrong. So. <laughs> all right, so clearly we have no consensus here. Oh. So that's, and that's fine. But we're, because we're all reading different stuff. But it's nice to shout this shit out. Trebuchet, did you have? A... Yeah, Borderlands. Yeah. Borderlands, okay. Yeah. Still Sorry. on your screen. Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> thing right there What's our Twitter head? handle? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that computer? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know how this machine worked. <laughs> wait, wait, play that again so I can actually flip you off. Oh. <laughs> he says he's an a-hole, but he's not, and I'm quoting him here, 100% a dick. So cut me a break, all right? <laughs> All right, so um, let's go to worst series. This one I had a problem with because I, I try not to read shitty comic books. And if I yeah, buy exactly. one and it's like, this sucks. I stop reading it. Yeah, I stop right. reading it and it slides off my brain. So does anyone have anything? Because even the one I have is not terrible. Uh, it's it's worse because of sort of what it stands for and what it means. And mine is uh, All New Ultimates. Which is certainly not a bad comic book, although it's got a little bit more teen soap opera than I generally like to read. But it's mostly, you know, the ultimate universe over the last five or six or seven years has gone from its original charter of we're going to modernize these characters for new readers to being, uh, here's a sandbox that creators can come in and either prove themselves on or just come in and fuck around in. And that fucking around is usually, hey, let's tear it all up. Yeah. Um And yeah, the latest one was Cataclysm, where we had Galactus come in and eat New Jersey. And most of the Ultimate books are now gone. We've got Ultimate uh, Spider Comics Man. Spider-Man yeah. with Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man, which is still an awesome book. But even that one, we kind of all know Ultimate Spider-Man is going to move into the 616. You know, we just had the story arc a couple months ago of 
Peter Parker, ultimate Peter Parker, coming back to say an official goodbye, really. Mm. And now ultimate Spider-Man is in Spider-Verse. We kind of know he's going to shift over and they're going to close up the ultimate universe. Oh my God, is the 616 Galactus? Just eats <laughs> the ultimate universe. <laughs> um, they tried that with Cataclysm. <laughs> so yeah, and all new Ultimates now, I think is the only other Ultimates book. Um, there was Ultimate FF, and I think that got canceled. So it, it just sort of feels like a local bar where it used to be cool, and now hardly anybody goes there, and there's just this sort of one bartender just waiting for the owner to call up and say, yeah, we're closing up shop, and it's depressing to go in there. <laughs> and So yeah, I mean, all new Ultimates. Not a terrible book, but only okay, and just sort of a you know, harbinger of, you know, yep, this thing that started out so strong back in 2000, is just, it's just sort of going away, and it's been shit on by so many fucking people over the last few years. It's like the, the bartender is not only going to close up when he gets the call from the owner, he's going to burn it for the insurance. Yeah, just going <laughs> to yeah, just gonna pull an old Steve Dallas. Okay, well, or uh, Uncle Duke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, that's mine. If nobody else has any, that's also fine. But... I, I have one. Okay. Batwoman. All right, state your case. Uh, well, I... because it started off, J.H. Williams was, was given this this platform to do what he wanted. It wasn't really part of the New 52. It was just sort of his own thing. But I think in terms of, it, it kind of limped along. It, he, tr he tried to get it to go where he wanted it to go. Editorial stomped on the storyline that he wanted to tell. So it was sort of pointless to let him even start to begin with if they weren't going to let him do what he wanted it to do yeah and if i recall correctly you know that was the yeah kate getting married to maggie yeah. Sawyer, and editorial if i remember right had signed off on it yeah and then pulled it back which and is then, a douche move and then you know at that point they probably should have just closed shop uh, mark andreco has been trying with it I've, I've kind of enjoyed what he's doing but they're they're gonna end it at issue 40 anyway so what was the point yeah just you know if we if we believe the the fast forward in five years, she's going to be a vampire anyway. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> like, yeah, I like Andreco, and I think he's yeah. We talked about this last week. He's tried yeah. to do some interesting stuff with it, but and I think if if that is truly how she's going to go out, that's sort of a um, an ignoble way to go out. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put The Walking Dead out there. I don't even know if that's fair of me to do because I haven't read it in months since they. <laughs> We found Negan in the basement. Um, we'll, we'll have a talk about that in a, in yeah. a couple of minutes. But that that is also something that feels like it's limping along. Yeah, it feels like it's yeah. limping along. And, and I still keep hearing people say that you know that that Thief of Thieves is going to be the next big show from Kirkman, and I'm I, no, I think no. he might be. I think he might have peaked. <laughs> I, yeah. And I think it's beginning to impact his. I think the TV show, and we'll talk about this, is beginning to impact his writing as as a comic book writer. He's definitely gone far more decompressed than he used to. Yeah. Story arcs, I think part of the reason he had the six-issue trades mm -hmm. was because that was as long as his story arcs were. So, yeah, I think he's really decompressing more than he used to. Um, I think once we got out of All Out War... I, it took getting out of All Out War for me to be, okay, I think I might be done with this. I don't necessarily agree that I wouldn't pull the plug on it just yet. We'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. <laughs> Moffat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Trebuchet, do you have one? or No. Yeah. I, 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 I don't read enough anymore anyway, and that's why I certainly don't waste my time on anything I don't like. So, 
You just want to suck the joy out of everything. That's, that's what you asked me here for. That's true. Well, no, not the joy, but <laughs> all right. So yeah, and that that was a weird category. So n- nobody wins worse series. So uh, there all right, no winners here. This this may be another tricky one. I know Amanda and I each have ones. Uh, best single issue of the year. My my best single issue of the year. I think was um, All Star Western number thirty four. I had on there also Multiversity Pax Americana number one, which I enjoyed. But yeah, and we we talked about that a few weeks ago. That is a dense comic with a lot going on. It was very satisfying. But in a in a year where we had a lot of characters, um, fairly prominent characters, you know, with titles that ended and were killed off, Wolverine. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that. They they did it right. They did right by Jonah Hex in terms of how they wrapped up the series and literally let him like go off into the sunset with his girl. They left the door open for him to come back if they want to bring him into something. Oh, yeah. And when they did that issue, they tied, they made it relate back to the historical Jonah Hex right. origin, but in different ways that were more down to earth. And- yeah. Yeah, that was a really solid issue. It was a solid series, and and it went out strong. It did not limp along like The Walking Fucking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so not a lot of Walking Dead love this year. I could get that. We'll find I don't necessarily agree, but yeah, I went with uh, Afterlife with Archie number four. Ah. Which is the one where Archie had to kill his father. Right, right. So when the series first came out, it was... My impression was very much, you know, okay, this is, it's interesting what they're doing, and it's sort of a PG-13 zombie story, and and it just kept escalating. But that was the particular issue with, yeah, that one page with, like, 15 panels that Francavilla would have one panel flashback to Archie's childhood, one showing the violence going on, and if you looked in between, some of the other panels were hiding just this splash of Archie with the bat over his head. And it was like, okay, this shit just got serious. And that's when it really went from, wow, this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be, to this is a really good fucking series. Yeah. So. Franco Francovilla's art is just the bomb diggity. Yep. And and makes that book. <laughs> yep. So, Francesco. Franco Villa. Franco Francovilla. I believe he played center field for the Cubs <laughs> in 1984. Right. Yes. Right. So, um,. This is usually where I blame this on my sobriety, so I'm just going to drop that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll fix that in about an hour. Do either of you guys have individual issues you can think of for best? I don't think I have any favorite individuals. I There has been a lot that I've enjoyed from my pull list this year more so than any other year, I think. Um, one thing that I did think was fun for each issue with Lumberjanes um, that made me look forward to them a little bit more was they did a... Um, each character from the camp compiled a playlist at the end of each book. Okay. Um, so, and there is like actual songs. So there are now Spotify Lumberjanes playlists. That's neat. That are- <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I got to go with uh, the issue one of Big Trouble in Little China, mostly because it was an absolute 100% surprise to me <laughs> that it even exists. Yeah. It came, I, I saw, I literally saw it on the shelf. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Grabbed it and it was, like you said, they nailed note for note Jack Burton. So I, I think that was kind of a surprise slash one-off thing for me this year. Okay. All Fair right. enough. 
<laughs> I know you're looking forward to this one. The the worst worst single issue of 2014. I um <laughs> spit it out. You'll feel better. Get the poison out of you. Because we've established I like instant vengeance. <laughs> as much as I want to rail on Lobo number one. Don't worry, I'll rail on no Lobo number one. Because <laughs> it is a steaming pile of shit. Um, Death of Wolverine number four. If if All-Star Western 34 was how you send a character off into the sunset properly, Death of Wolverine number four was a textbook example of, what the fuck, what a wasted death. <laughs> It definitely had problems. I, I'm not sure I would call it the worst. I think Charles Sewell had a lot that he had to deal with. I think this was thrust upon him from... I know it was thrust upon him from editorial. Yeah, I, I don't blame him, but just the way that Wolverine went out just felt so sad and pointless. And <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. he's it, As a character, he's surrounded by some of the greatest minds in theory in, in the world. Um, they probably could have figured something out. Yeah, it, it probably, just, and to have them just encased in carbonite and have adamantium, have adamantium <laughs> carbonite. Yeah, all right, I have brain damage. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it does open the door. In, in theory, they could bring him back, and so, he's like cocooned in adamantium. But well, it, of course, they're going to bring him back, and and that's the way to do it. You can't nuke him. <laughs> they're not going to not have Wolverine in the Marvel universe. But it just it just felt like a oh here's a publicity stunt. We're going to kill off Wolverine. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would agree with the whole concept of the death of Wolverine being one of the worst ideas of 2014. Yeah. Yeah. As just editorial saying, we's are going to kill somebody every quarter, no matter what. And this is one of the bigger ones. And they brought in a very good writer who I think did the best he could with just sort of a kill Wolverine and do it by September. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was not strong. And I'm not sure it's the way I would have yeah. Wolverine go out. But I think he did the best he could. So I don't think it was the worst, but yeah, Lobo One was the fucking <laughs> worst, and it was. I can't. Are you sorry? Not sorry. Oh my god, that's <laughs> that, that is the worst fucking phrase in comic. <laughs> it's the main man. It's the main fucking man, and his catchphrase is that of a thirteen-year-old with a secret Instagram account. <laughs> Just fucking horrible. It's uh, it's Snapchat these days, by the way. Just... Oh, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. You're, you were... He was wrong and you knew it! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> God damn it. What a bunch of a-holes. I can't give you enough sound effects. <laughs> it's... I can't think of a... of a reboot of any kind that not only just completely misunderstood the original character, but legitimately spit in the face of the original yeah, character. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I was, I was going to say, I didn't really have anything in mind. For this, but when you brought that up, I had the flashback of standing in the shop and saying, "Oh yeah, Lobo one. I know, I know it's going to suck, but I might as well pick it up and looked at it and just like three pages. I'm like, nope. Fucking, I, I don't nope, even think you actually even, bought it. I think no, you I put didn't. It right I didn't back buy. On I put it stand. back on the shelf. Yeah. I was like, no, fuck this. Uh, oh, we bought it <laughs> and we read it and we reviewed it, but it was well. So you're not known for your decision making. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I almost bought number two just out of like I was gonna, I was gonna hate read it. And then I was like, nah, nah, my time is too valuable. Yeah, life's too fucking <laughs> short. But it's, and I've seen the argument that, you know, oh, Lobo was a parody of all the grim and gritty of the 90s. So this is a parody of all these, you know, 
slick and smooth and hairless, you know, non-threatening. Great, they come up with your own fucking character. Yeah. Except that's yeah. bullshit because Lobo was introduced in Omega Men by Keith Giffen in 1983. He became popular when he was in Justice League International 19, which was 1988. Shit. So it just doesn't really work out that way. Was there ever a Lobo ambush bug? team up i feel like there should have been if there wasn't yeah there goddamn well should have been but <laughs> and and lobo was not some minor character you know he, he sort of was by the mid-2000s he'd fallen out of favor but he was huge in the 90s absolutely you know and yeah killing him completely and replacing him with some random fucking dude it's like killing wolverine oh shit well. <laughs> it's like killing wolverine wolverine and carbonite <laughs> and and replacing Shut him with up, his you. metrosexual son wait <laughs> yeah <laughs> so d- all right so d- did you guys have any i'm I'm glad lobo one brought out your anger it trebuchet, really just but... it, it's funny it, 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 until you said that it literally something snapped in my head it's like oh fuck you're right yeah <laughs> oh it was I, i've come over to your side you're right death of wolverine was a shitty concept but this book was so much worse <laughs> all right all right so we have a consensus for once it's lobo number one all right, I'm going to stop this effect right now. I'm going to try anyway. Stop the, there, stop the effect. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> um. P- wait, Pixie Sticks, did you have a worst book? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't have time or patience for... I, I am a... If a book is bad, I toss it. I, All right. <laughs> no. I wish enough. I had that self-control. <laughs> uh all right, so, and we talked about this a little before the show. Although maybe, hell, we refreshed your memory with this. Maybe we can do it. We're going to do best event crossover. I thought, I, I'm i not a fan of events and crossovers at this point. I'm a little burnt out on them. But, I know, but you're a comic reader in 21st century America. Yeah. That's almost all we have So if, if I had to pick something that I thought was, was a good event for this year, I'm enjoying Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse is really very good so far. Because I'm, I'm enjoying all of the different iterations of Spider-Man. Uh, the, the Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman is really awesome. And if they give her her own book, I will read it. No, they, they are yeah, giving her I know, own but book. I'm like, I'm, I, like that's, that's something that's great that's come out of it. He's even making like Spider-Pig interesting. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he's just throwing new Spider-Men, women, people at the fucking wall. Yeah. And sometimes it's just, hey, here's a new one. Isn't this cool? Okay, they're dead. And yeah, there, there are Spider-Man uh, red shirts. That are, that are like rife yeah. through this thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it's a, yeah, a ton of cool new ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Some of which don't last very long and some are going to come out of it. But yeah, it's, it's been pretty solid so yeah. far. So I think Dan Slott's doing excellent work with this. Yeah. The, the downside to it with me is, and we've talked about it over and over again, the, the motivator of this series, Moreland yeah. does nothing for me, has never done anything for me. It's one of the weaker things J. Michael Straczynski has come up with in comics. Mm-hmm. You know, right out of the gate when he took over Spider-Man. Ooh, let's change the concept to what if it wasn't a random chance? What if the spider was looking for Peter? It's like, uh, all right, well, you did all right with Babylon 5. Maybe you got something after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it eventually got better. But yeah, I've never liked the concepts. I've always sort of tuned out when these characters have showed up. Mm-hmm. Now, how he could do something like this with different characters... I don't know, so I'm willing to accept them in this. But yeah, it's been been pretty good it's so been far. Fun. Uh, May Riley, the steampunk Spider Woman. That's another one that needs her own series. Like, yeah, that's, that's been pretty cool <laughs> too. Um, 
for me, I'm going with, and it's qualified because it ended kind of, it kind of fell apart at the end, but I liked a lot of original sin by Jason Aaron and Mike Deodato this year. Um, like I said, it's, it's qualified, but you know, and you could see the editorial man behind the curtain, you know, working stuff, particularly at the end. It's like, okay, let's get rid of the original Nick Fury so we can have our new Sam Jackson looking Nick Fury. And, you know, oh, let's, uh, Dum Dum Dugan has always been a life model decoy and must have died back in World <laughs> War II, like in the movies. So, I mean, you could see that stuff going on, but the first half of it was just, I mean, you've got these huge cosmic characters, the Watcher and some relative of Ego, the living planet, all being destroyed. And it's not from cosmic forces or rifts in the space-time continuum. <laughs> it's there's a dude shooting them in the fucking face. <laughs> the Watcher dead shot in the fucking brain pan. He killed Ego, the living planet, with a fucking gun. And some of the team-ups as they're investigating it, they put... The Punisher and Doctor Fucking Strange. That was great. Investigating murders. I want the... like a web series with like just like little webisodes, the two of them like on oh, their, yeah. like buddy cop movie. And and <laughs> Moon Knight, Winter Soldier, yeah. and Gamora. <laughs> so it was Yeah, and bringing back the orb, the fucking orb. You know, a nineteen seventies ghost rider villain in an evil Knievel suit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it, it was cool to see Doctor Midas and uh, was the Exterminatrix yep. from uh, Grant Morrison's Marvel Boy again, because it sort of fell apart at the end, and you could feel editorial saying, "Okay, this has to go over here, and this has to go over here," and uh, but uh, particularly the first half of it, I really had a lot of well, fun. Well, and, it, and it's also leading into this new Thor, um, which I, I thought was interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm following that. I think that's a, a good book. <laughs> oh, it's not bad. I missed the second issue was the thing. So the first one was pretty solid, but I'm still sort of stuck in the, you know, who is the new Thor? So, yeah, I've been enjoying that one. Okay. But that refresh either of your memories, yeah, Pixie Six, Trebuchet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well. It's all a marketing scam. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. the the worst, um, I have to I have to go with uh, Forever Evil. Because... Yeah, yeah, me too. That was just... <laughs> Terminable, horrible. <laughs> yeah, number one, it really was interminable because it got the the last couple issues got delayed, so the fucking thing dragged on until May. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and coming out of uh, the Trinity War with that magical ending of you know, hey, nothing's ended. Tune in to Forever <laughs> Evil. You know, the Trinity War was not the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. It didn't have the fucking nuts to be able to say, oh no, tune into this other thing. Yeah. No, it was. It was. It was Several Justice League stories with no Justice League. Yeah, months and months of that. And, you know, in Justice League United, they spent half of the thing showing uh, Stargirl and the Martian Manhunter, of all people, trying to work together and build a relationship you know, inside of Firestorm's brain for friggin' months. And I, we've talked about this before. I don't care about the crime syndicates. I just don't give a shit. And the hero of the story was Lex Luthor, and that that should never happen. Yeah. You do, <laughs> you do forever evil, and yeah, Lex Luthor winds up winning, for Christ's sake. It yeah. just, uh, it was absolutely... Although it did it did lead to, in, in terms of like what comes out of these events, it led to the Grayson book, which has been a really fun book. Yeah, shit. Grayson should have been on one or two of these lists. Yeah. And yeah, that Grayson, was it the Grayson... Wasn't the was it the annual with the yeah, the, the structure? Yeah, shit. That 
No, now that I think about it, that. So sometimes, in order to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah, and the more I think about it, that Grayson Annual could have moved moved up in the best single issue. That was really. Okay. Th- that could have been a contender. I forgot about that See, one. This is, the, this is why it's going to talk about these things sober sometimes. It's not my nature. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Want to move to best story arc? Okay. Or, or graphic it, novel. Yeah. Or, yeah, if there's... So, yeah, for Trebuchet and Pixie State, it doesn't have to be like six issues if there were one or two issues if it reminds you of. Yeah. But would you like to go first, Amanda? Um, okay. <laughs> I, I I wrote down a couple Because of mine's a fucking cheat. And I'll say yeah. right out of the gate, it's a cheat. Well, I'd say but... for story arc, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, one, one through five, uh, just in terms of... Well, I put it for best series of the year, so I'm not going to disagree with you there. Because that was, that was a great kickoff and all of the things that we've said already in terms of um, getting the, the cadence of, of Jack Burton's voice down and fleshing out... Um, uh, what's your face? Um, Malin. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say Ming Na, but that's <laughs> she's yeah, on Agents of Shield. Yeah, that's a, oh, you racist! You can't keep them apart, can you? Sober. <laughs> um, it, it's it's just been a lot of like big dumb fun because you know it, it also brings me back when we were talking about favorite movie at the very beginning of this show, you know, a movie that I could I could watch over and over again. That's what I did with Big Trouble in Little China as a kid. We rented it on videotape, watched it all the way through. I rewound it. I watched it again. I did that like four or five times straight until we had to take it back to the store. And, <laughs> All right. and that same joy is what I got off of, of Guardians of the Galaxy. So to, to have Big Trouble in China, Big Trouble in Little China back as a book is just great. Yeah. No, it's, it's been a really well, look, it's landed on three of our lists on one thing or another. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, for me, it's uh, Moon Knight one through six. Ah, ooh, wait, did I write that down? Oh, I, I put oh. that somewhere else. Okay, okay. <laughs> and it's a cheat because it's not a story arc. Each one is a one and done. Mm-hmm. But Moon Knight is a character that nobody has ever given a shit about. I mean, he's he's Marvel's Batman in a universe that doesn't need a fucking Batman, and they've been trying to make him vital in some goddamn way since the seventies. They've changed his origin three or four different times. Tried to give him multiple personalities to deal with the fact he's got all these different origins. In the last 10 years, they've tried to reboot him three times, including with A-list writers like Mm -hmm. Brian Michael Bendis, and it's never worked. And then you bring Warren Ellis in, and he just completely changes the motivation of the character. It's simple. I protect travelers by night. Changes costume to that white suit with the mask and the gloves and dealing with just one-off problems. Uh, every single, every single issue, and my God, that issue where he f- <laughs> he changes his costume in order to punch a punk rock ghost in the face. I mean, how can you fucking beat that? Yeah. So it's it's not really an arc, but it sort of served as okay. This is the new normal for this character. I'm done. Somebody else take over. Uh, it was probably my favorite six issue as a whole. Uh, of package. the year. Yeah. So. D- did so, you guys have any thoughts? <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, again, for my, I would say for the, the favorites that I had, the Fuse and Lumberjanes and, you know, Rat Queens to an extent, um, which is now starting to move into another arc and go in another direction. So. 
I see. Yeah, my, mine's uh, actually a little different. Mine's actually not really a book. I'm, I'm coming at this from from a genre standpoint. Um, my favorite arc uh, of this year was actually on Game of Thrones. Okay, uh, it was the the trial of Tyrion. Oh, that, that whole okay. arc. Um, going back there with um, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Dinklage? awesome acting. Well, Peter Dinklage, yes, but uh, um, the dude who got his eyes gouged. Yeah, why, yeah why am I blanking on his name? Pablo. Uh, yeah, he somebody? was he was great. I I honestly I said I said to myself, I want to see him in his own series. You know, I, I thought that was a great thing. But the but that full circle arc bring bringing Tyrion from. Um, you know, being arrested and put into the dungeons and going through the trial, the trial by combat, and then ultimately, you know, killing his father uh, and Shay and that whole thing. That was just, that was very well executed. I knew exactly what was going to happen for the most part. Um, you know, the whole Mountain and the Viper thing happened a little differently than it did in the books, but um, they did they did that particular arc very well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the tricky part about doing a show like this. I think Game of Thrones probably for best genre show fell off all our radars just because the the last one was in fucking March. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they did it in the fall, it probably would have been at everybody's top. That's a good point. So, so yeah, no, that's that's completely valid. I can buy that. They killed Joffrey. They win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? They killed Joffrey. Well, let's give it to to Game of Thrones. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So long, Joffrey, you filthy, stinking animal. Nice. All right, that's enough. <laughs> okay. Um, the the worst, The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah Walking Dead All Out War was uh yeah absolutely fucking Negan. Yeah, it's uh, number. <laughs> oh wait, no. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it. It was twelve goddamn issues. I think it was a full twelve issues. Well, it started. At one Comic-Con, and it was still going by the next Comic-Con. Yeah, it was 18 months of battling with Negan, who was yet another tin pot dictator who you know, took over a community. And said, oh, Killed I'll... Glenn. Damn it. Yeah, it's, and it just went on and on, and I stuck with it and stuck with it, waiting to see the righteous, you know, Michonne governor style, you know, the, my immediate fucking vengeance that makes me want to touch myself. And <laughs> I thought I had it when Rick cut Negan's throat. And then, yeah, the end of the next issue, he's in a fucking cage. And so he's going to get out. I know he's going to come back. And I'm not looking forward to when that happens. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, Walking Dead All Out War, it just went on and on and on. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it, like we were talking about before, I think his experience, uh, Robert Kirkman's experience working in a writer's room for, oh, this thing has to go across 16 episodes, you know, has led him to decompress everything a hell of a lot more than it ever had been or needs to be. Right. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I, I think I, if I recall correctly, in the first issue of All Out War, there was, you know, in the, in the letters at the back where in, you know, they, they talk about things um, from the writer's point of view and. Kirkman had said something along the lines of, finally, I know this is what you've all been waiting for. And I'm like, no, no, I've not been waiting for an arc of war. I've been waiting for somebody to, like, cut through the back door and cut this guy's throat and be done with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. already, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's all yeah. it would have taken. It's. It, I get he's trying to raise the stakes. And part of me wonders if he's not, you know, oh, shit, I need big set pieces that will keep our budget up at AMC every year. No, just send Michonne in by cover of darkness. Have her yeah. 
do what she needs to do. Get out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This uh, this required assassination. Yeah. Not <laughs> this this needed a surgical strike. <laughs> yeah, it's and Kirkman, to his credit, did a good enough job of very quickly. It's oh, Negan's a reprehensible pile of shit, and I want him to be dead. You can't maintain. I want him to be dead for ten or twelve more fucking months. Yeah. I get to the point where I'm like, is he still alive? And I just put it down and walk away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I stuck with it and have stuck with it. But yeah, all out war. You know, I have a standing order at my local comic store. Give me the trades. You know, and those trades, I'm like, thank you. And they went straight to the shelf. So, yeah. Okay. I've got them. You know, maybe it would have held up differently. Maybe in a year or so, I'll sit down and say, okay, now I can burn through them in an afternoon. Maybe that kind of pacing where I can just burn through them, it'll hold up a little bit differently. But yeah, no. four weeks no. in between. Okay. <laughs> no. I'll try anything one have, time. Have, have Andrea snipe them like right off the bat and yeah. just be done. Yeah. <laughs> well. And they went out of their way to make that not happen in one of the issues, too. I was like, Arr. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like he was reading everybody's mind. Oh, why doesn't Andrea do that? And yeah, he'd, oh, I'll set it up and here's why it doesn't work. Or let Carl do it. You know, Carl's crazy anyway. Like, like, Carl he took liked a, Carl. Carl could have gotten close. Yeah. Carl went to take a shot at him. I Carl know. took a shot at yeah. him a couple times. I think I think they should have let Carl finish what he started. <laughs> All right, so so this one we we have a consensus. Unless Trebuchet, do you have anything? Or no, I I I would have to say just from listening to her bitch about it for the past twelve. I have an months. honorable mention. Okay, what's your honorable mention? The uh, the Captain America Dimension Z. Storyline, and you mentioned that before. I want to say that was 2013. Oh, I think we were talking about it this year. Okay, it's possible, and and I I agree with you. I think Remender's run on Captain America got better after that. Yeah, I'm just talking about this one particular storyline. Yeah, I mean, dragging Captain America away from everything and putting him in this sci-fi universe, particularly right. After the end of a Brubaker's run, run which yeah. is very grounded and spy based, it, it was a hell of a jolt tonally. And, and I, I get what he was doing because Jack Kirby did similar science fiction stories with Captain America back in the 70s. So there's, it's not like it's unprecedented. Yeah. But it's but not it, the number one, it's not the type of Captain America story I tend to like to begin with. Ultimately led to Captain America being depowered, and while it's interesting to explore this with Sam Wilson, it led to Captain America being depowered. Yeah. Um, Ramita's art didn't help anything. Well, we're, you and I, Amanda, are in the minority <laughs> of just not liking John Ramita Jr.'s art style. Yeah. yeah when he's yeah. not going full Kirby with a heavy brush, he's putting a million detail lines, and everybody's got the same goddamn face. Yeah. Yeah, be it Superman or a four-year-old girl <laughs> so that so, i just wanted to throw that in there as okay a honorable well, mention but i can i can buy that if we can go back to hating on the walking dead now that's that's fine that's fine <laughs> all right so we'll move on to best comeback of 2014 sure uh, I'll, I'll start with this one uh the walking dead <laughs> the walking dead you bastard <laughs> walking dead 127 until now it's once they got Negan at least out of the way, you know, we spent a year and a half dicking around with him. The best thing Kirkman could have done is what he did. Let's do a time jump and change everything around. So now there's stable communities. And I like how we're getting slowly. I, I do think it's still slowly paced and doesn't need to be as slow as it has been. But yeah. the implication that, okay, with this kind of power and this kind of community, maybe Rick and Andrea are the bad guys now. 
maybe they need to be put out of power. Yeah, the whisperers was really intriguing to start with. You know, all right, are the zombies getting smarter? Turns out, no, it's just dudes, and that's that's fine because I was sort of on the fence of if the zombies are getting smarter, we have a very different kind of book here, and I'm not sure you know, how yeah how long these guys could even hold out, let alone how you make a story out of it if the zombies are getting but the, smarter and communicating. The the community that is now giving us these whisperers, these these children running around in freaking skin masks. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, where does that come from? Like, I want to explore that. <laughs> well, in, in its own way, it makes sense. You know, right in the beginning, you know, Rick and Glenn, where it's like, all right, well, if we act like them and put the smell on us, yeah. they ignore us. So it, it makes sense if somehow you can take the skin and somehow not. Yeah, but they've also got like don't a get any in your mouth. But... Weird, like philosophical view that they started hinting at in this last issue um, when when Carl had to be um, locked up. So he didn't get lynched by the community. Yeah, and uh, they they took one of the uh, whisperer people, also prisoner, and she's on the other side of the wall from Carl. Yeah, and Carl is like the last person who needs somebody like in his ear. <laughs> he needs somebody to tell him at least to just stay in stay, the house. Yeah, stay put, Carl. <laughs> but it, I think it really has vastly improved. Now, it is still too slowly paced. If this drags on. This may move into the other category of worst <laughs> goddamn turnaround disappointment of 2015, but I, I think it's a definite improvement. I've found it, you know, whereas, you know, you were looking to see, uh, Negan dead. I've actually, no, let's read through it, and I, I think it's a lot better. What, what, what do you guys have? I've still not picked it back up. Um, I, I think I'm going to do the trade thing and wait. I might not even purchase the trade. I might wait for the trade to come in at my library. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and uh my um what i've uh seen this year too is with the movement of the writing team from angel and faith over to buffy mm. buffy has improved for season 10 however angel and faith has now declined yeah disappointingly so that's it that's it that's a good thing to know because I'd sort of gotten away from Buffy and yeah. now I'm more inclined to it, go back to it. Yeah. Gage has brought the level up again. Christos but, Gage. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> but with him now away from Angel and Faith, I'm losing interest quickly in Angel and Faith, unfortunately. Yeah. All the Buffy season, whatever, you know, the, the quality has gone wildly up and down in individual arcs, let alone in seasons. It's It's been tough for me to keep keep up with it and keep track of it because of that but yeah buffy is definitely better in season 10 than it was in season 9 season 9 was better than 8 are we in 10 or 9 10 10 okay so generally they've gotten better as it's gone along but even then yeah sometimes i tune in and tune out all right so maybe i gotta catch back up with buffy that's fair enough nice well uh, i don't know see i have to diverge again from from the book thing get back into genre thing um, and go back to the well. So apparently you need to write your questions a little more pointedly in advance. <laughs> um, I had, uh, for, you know, for a comeback, actually, you know, I had back to uh, Game of Thrones, you had the, the Tyrion arc. But actually what I was really surprised by this year and what I was not expecting was uh, Sansa Stark. Ah. There was that moment when, when they're in the veil and, you know, they're being questioned and Littlefinger's sitting there and you feel like, She's just gonna cave and throw him under the bus. There's a there's an instant there where her eyes just show. I understand what's happening now. I've got it. 
you're all fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, holy shit. Okay, so now we're, you know, she's been, she's been Carl for years. You know what I mean? She's been, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. oh, for Christ's sake, stop fucking. Stay but, in your palace. But very quickly, very suddenly, it's like, okay, this character suddenly turned a corner, gets it, and now is going to be a force. Um, so I've, I, th- I thought that was kind of the thing for me for this year. Cool. Yeah. No, that 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 was a, yeah. a cool moment. It's it, it's fun watching Rester, Westeros just either crush people or temper them into <laughs> what they need to be to survive. Yeah. That's why it's such a good show. Yeah. No, I was just gonna add on to that that I I have not been fearful for Arya until that turning point for Sansa. Yeah. I was glad to see Arya sail off in the ship instead of going into the Vale because yeah. I think that would have ended poorly for her. That's a good point. Yeah, Arya will wind up being the Batman of Westeros. Make oh, absolutely, no mistake. No, absolutely, <laughs> with no no doubt about that at all. And that's something I do look forward to. Um, <laughs> yeah, assuming the what's his face. I'm forgetting the assuming the author doesn't die Martin, before he fucking finishes up. R. R. Martin. Yes, thank you. <laughs> well, they, they they've already they've already established for things coming. This portends maybe our upcoming category but they've already established that he's kind of told the writers of the show where he's been he's planning on going to finish everything off but they've already kind of said great we've got kind of our own ideas so we're starting to diverge from the established canon of Mm. literature and now we're making a tv show and we're going to take these characters in the general direction that 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 martin outlined but we're definitely doing our own thing from here out. Well, so. they they have no choice. The thing is just printing fucking money <laughs> to the point where HBO is now like, okay, fine, we'll put it online for you. Jesus, just keep chucking money at us for it. Right. You know, they can't. I recognize the man can only write one word at a time. <laughs> but okay, stop throwing up your fists Boobs. in the air to defend the interview and getting it at your personal theater and write the fucking book for Christ's sake. <laughs> so, all right. My my comeback of the year actually was what you picked for your favorite um, story arc. I I thought that Moon Knight under Ellis was a great comeback for the character. Yeah, this I year. mean, when Bendis was writing it, it was not bad, and there were some individual issues that were like, okay, that that's pretty good. Well, Ellis, Ellis, and um, he decided to take the tactic of this guy is just fucking nuts. You know, he comes at you in the dark of night, dressed all in white. Who does that? At least Batman wears black. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, with a flat out. I want them to see me coming. Yeah, um, and I think also shouts out to um, Declan Shelby's art, which is just all of the lines are exactly where they need to be. There is not one more line than he ever needs on the page to tell the story. The layouts are clean. Um, everything flows. Uh, Jordi Belair's color is is stark. And, and tells the story, um, with the art. The whole package works. Oh, yeah. It was a great series. So, uh, okay. I hadn't thought of that as a comeback, but <laughs> yeah, it sort of has to be a comeback. The character's been a pile of yeah. shit for years well, and years and years. And it comes back to what, uh, again, with, with Guardians of the Galaxy, it's a low risk proposition. Uh, Ellis himself said in an interview, like, nobody's going to come after with me with knives because I've somehow de- deviated from canon. Yeah, <laughs> nobody gives a shit about Moon Knight. You can't fuck him up. Yeah. So, and and I I just think that it it was a really great you know reboot as it were. <laughs> yeah, no, I I can totally buy that. I just hadn't thought of it as a comeback, but I think you're definitely right. It it sort of has to be. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, the first person to write Moon Knight okay, it's a comeback. <laughs> yeah, it, the same way Squirrel Girl had a great comeback when Bendis put her on the Avengers. <laughs> so, technically... Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't call it a comeback. She's never been here. <laughs> never been anywhere. So, all right. Um, the worst change down into the toilet of 2014... Young Deathstroke. All right. <laughs> it, it, nobody wanted it. Nobody needed it. I'm very angry about it. I stopped reading the book. <laughs> well, I stopped reading it because it brought fucking Jericho back. <laughs> Fuck that. White man, afro purple tunic douchebag. No, but I, I read Deathstroke because I, I want to watch the old man get the kids off his lawn. I don't <laughs> want to watch. <laughs> with a giant sword. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see him have both of his eyes back. I, I don't want him to be young. That's not why I read it. <laughs> That's right. They fucked it up. He was wrong and you knew it. There you go. <laughs> Very angry about this. I like seeing the rage come out of you. <laughs> Release your anger. Excellent. <laughs> nice. It's, yeah, so wrong and bad. It All was right. wrong and bad. And and I stopped reading it. All right. Pixie, do you see a show, comic series? Movie, something, go down the tubes, character. I'm sure there's something. Nothing's coming to mind right now. I'm sure he'll think of Oh, I guess so. That... You're too optimistic, Pixie Sticks. You just have too good an outlook on life. <laughs> I don't to... have the patience for things. As soon as something's downhill, it's I'm moving on to something else. I have too many things to read that are good. That's that's fair enough, but <laughs> God yeah. damn it, the rage. You have to embrace <laughs> it sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's, all, I, it's uh, too invested in The Walking Dead. I have no rage <laughs> left over. <laughs> Um, I had, uh, I had my, in my notes here, I had, um, for worst change, I had this whole notion that they appear to be trying to redeem fucking Abercrombie on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. Um, or at least they're setting it up so that he could be redeemed. And I'm like, no, just fucking go slit his throat or have Andrea fucking shoot him. Yeah. You know? The best thing they did with that character was, was turn him to Hydra. Right. He's far yeah. more interesting. And as then a drop the fucking mic. Okay. You did it. It was effective. Now just move on yeah he's yeah. far yeah. more interesting as yeah. a traitorous douchebag right. than he ever was is just sort of a by the book you know did, yeah yeah trying to get yeah. into a what's her face's pants right <laughs> right yeah i had that i had that as my note as that but i think you 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 awoken something in, and i'm just getting angrier and angrier about the whole fucking lobo fiasco <laughs> uh, i'm sitting over here fucking stewing in that is what's so happening I, I considered it except the the first issue that that introduced the character was last year yeah, yeah he, okay. he got his own well, series then I'm going this year. With, with the ward thing then because yeah that's just stupid okay um for me this one may not be popular and i will caveat this with the worst change for me in that it turned the character into one that I'm just not interested in reading because it is no longer for me in any way was turning Batgirl into a hipster. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. I recognize it was a conscious choice on the part of the creators and of editorial to skew that character into one that younger readers uh, who maybe don't necessarily read a lot of comic books would be into. And I think it's probably, probably effective up to a certain point, considering the readership's gone way up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the changes they had to make to the character for that to work don't work for somebody like me who's been reading the character for a long time. I and mean, we're talking, this is Barbara Gordon, who was Oracle. And we've had issues of 
Oracle, who was Batman's computer person, saying, oh, no, I forgot to back up my schoolwork. <laughs> and running around looking for other computer experts, apparently better than Batman's computer expert, <laughs> to help her recover her information. And in the meantime, just stopping and solving complicated math problems on the board. Yeah. yeah so clearly, okay, you're still Oracle, but not good enough at computers to to even be <laughs> at whatever school you're at. Yeah. And, you know, drunken hipster Batgirl <laughs> who's worried about her image on Instagram. It's just, it is not something that appeals to me. And clearly they're going for a particular demographic. But then the whole controversy around dagger type, where they're clearly trying to make some kind of trans statement and doing it badly and pissing off the people they're trying to appeal to, I I'm willing to accept, you know, this is not for me. I not everything has to be for me. But as somebody who's been reading the Batgirl comic since the beginning of the New 52, it's okay, yeah, I, I think I'm done with it they move the character in a direction that has no appeal to me as a middle-aged white guy i got plenty of books i can read as a middle-aged white guy it's not Do the you? end of the world black, <laughs> black kiss <laughs> oh, sorry. yeah sex criminals <laughs> also very good but so yeah it, it doesn't have to be so it's, it's very much just a personal thing for me the worst change was the batgirl character now is something that just doesn't appeal to me and that's okay it appeals to a lot of other people but it's it it moved the character completely into the realm of something that okay this is just not something I want to read anymore. No, you make a good point because it it does feel very much now like a a Batgirl story that is written by people who have no idea who Batgirl is. Yeah, and look, if it brings in new anything that brings in new readers is fine. But now it's just going to sit over there for okay, that's for the new readers. It's not for me anymore. Yes, and that's fine. Like I said, I got plenty of shit to read. Maybe Convergence will wipe all of this away and. And we'll get like real Batgirl back and an old Deathstroke. And <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Real Batgirl. Which one? We've had four of them. Batgirl was paralyzed by the Barbara Gordon was paralyzed by the Joker in 1988. I want Cassandra Kane back. Well, <laughs> Donna Troy came back in, in the latest Wonder Woman. So that's the last one that people will be able to scream at Dan Dio about at conventions <laughs> is Cassandra Kane. I want so, Cassandra Kane back. There you go. So. All right. So I move on to the, the the bigger ones of most anticipated and most dreaded okay. coming in 2015. Minor one in the same. Uh oh. <laughs> what is it? Go ahead. Do I have to say it? You have to say it. It's it's Star it's Wars. <laughs> oh, Star Wars. <laughs> Nothing but Star Wars. Somehow I knew you'd say it, so I was prepared. Thank you. Star Wars. <laughs> oh boy. I'll stop it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can you how can you not watch the the, the, the trailer is released and, and be filled with some semblance of hope, but not also have that sense of dread remembering the fucking Well ugh. Yeah. And and yeah, this this was first on my list too. Because and, and I feel it's it's like a junky mentality. Because it's <laughs> it's never gonna be as good as your first taste. And it, yeah, it's I, I feel like yeah, I spent my 20s spending too much money and energy on this thing and i know the smart thing is just say okay you know what i gotta walk away from it but oh no maybe it'll be as good as that first time with just one last well and that's the thing you know you're seeing you see some i know i'm i'm probably in the minority but i actually like what 
J.J. Abrams did with the Star Trek yeah, I liked it. brand, right? Yeah, no, I, he, thought, I thought he did a really good job bringing that in. So that gives me hope. I mean, he that, turned it into a Star Wars movie. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but the question is whether or not he can pull it off with a Star Wars movie. Right. Um, you know, you're watching the, you know, the trailer and, you know, it's like, okay, dude in a stormtrooper outfit. We're established, okay, he's not a clone, so is he a bad guy? You know, it's, it's setting up all these questions about, okay, so there's some really cool stuff we could be doing with this. Um, you know, the, you know, the X wing skimming across across the lake. That I I had to, I needed a tissue after that. Um, <laughs> with, with me, it was the Millennium Falcon. With, I'm sure I with you, it was the Millennium Falcon. Chills. But it's the little things in those continuities too, and it's the little changes that are being done. Like I said, I I pointed out the the square dish on the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, which I, I missed until Londo you pointed it out and scraped it up. But also, I don't know if this is something else that you you've noticed or not. They've altered the X wings. So the X-Wings no longer have, the S-Foils no longer sit one on top of the other. No, they one, actually interlock. Yeah, one's forward and one's back. Right. So clearly, then, clearly the NCOM Corporation has come out with a new model. <laughs> exactly. I wasted my fucking childhood. <laughs> Laura, do you want to go out? We go get lunch. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's like, it's like all these things. It's like, okay. You so just want to suck the joy out of everything. He's hitting these notes and these details and just in this less than 30 seconds worth of footage, right? But at the same time, you have that history of the the you know the last three movies being out there. Just it's like, oh, but I I just I want so much to believe, but I have to have that part of me that's going to harden harden myself to it and just say, I'm I got to keep my expectations low. Yeah, and it's it's hard to do. I mean, because yeah, you, you've got to take the step back. Of it's awesome to see the Millennium Falcon. Do I want to see Luke Skywalker perhaps needing? A ground walker. I mean, <laughs> do I want to see Princess Leia as all of the 10, 15 years she's got us now that we're in our mid 40s? Um, but and you can't take too much from the trailer because it is just a series of images and in a lot of ways, the perfect images. You've got to have your lightsaber porn. Mm-hmm. You've got to show, okay, this is an R2 ish thing. And yeah, the X Wings and the Millennium Fault. He, he, he pressed all the right notes. You the know? ball droid already has its own Twitter. <laughs> of course it does. Of course it does. <laughs> and it probably has more fucking followers than I do. But <laughs> He probably remembers his Twitter handle. <laughs> you go to hell. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, and that's not hard to do with a, with a trailer. Um, but at the same time, even taking a step back from the movie, you know, I'm a we got a Jason Aaron and John Cassidy Star Wars comic Mm -hmm. set right after the first movie. I'm looking forward to that. There's going to be a ton of Marvel. Yeah. I know there's a Boba Fett series coming out. There's going to be a lot of Star Wars stuff. Some of it hopefully will continue to be, you know, cool as we continue through the year. Yeah. I mean, I'm apprehensive about the movie, but how can you not be? Well, look, you Trebuchet. You fucking Muppet. <laughs> Look, you, you and I got Skywalking pneumonia in 1999 to see The Phantom Menace. We're going to fucking get it again in December. Oh, I, yeah, I have no doubt that I'm going to be, you know, right at the head of the line going to see it. I'm not going to go fucking camp out to see it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be well, seeing it right after it starts, you know, right after it opens. But yeah, yeah, we, we should do it the way we did it in 99. We'll take Friday off and hit a matinee, and we'll probably walk out of it the same way going, all right, did we like that? Right. Is that... Yeah, that's the show that you're going to need to provide a lot more whiskey for. Yeah. So, oh, we've got it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Star Wars is definitely the top of my list. The 
secondary that I had, and I've tried to do the math on it that may or may not work out, but is Miracle Man. Mm. And it's qualified because based on the solicits, which right now only go until April, if they just double ship once, in theory by the end of the year, will be at the second issue of Neil Gaiman's Silver Age, which will be the first new Miracle Man within the the main story continuity since 1993. Now, if they just continue with one issue per month, it won't happen until 2016. And based on how Sandman Overture has come out with like one issue every five months, whether we need it or not. we Yeah, that thing's been we didn't have like necessarily a biggest disappointment of this year. But I would put that on there. Yeah. 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 That, that came close with one or two lists in yeah. my head. And the only reason it didn't is because apparently an issue came out, I think, this week. Um, <laughs> might have been Did last it? week. <laughs> and, and I missed it. So it's like, all right, if there's a brand new issue, I can't. Maybe it turned it around. It made all the delays worth it. I'm just going to wait for the trade. But yeah, I mean, it based drop in 2018. Yeah. So based, <laughs> based on that kind of timing, we may get to that last first issue of the Silver Age that came out in the early 90s and then have a six-month gap before anything else shows up. But in theory, it's possible by the end of 2015 we could get real brand new Miracle Man. But then the question will be like, will it live up to what you want it to be? It can't possibly. Anyone (laughs) fucking Star Wars could. But it doesn't matter. I've waited this long. I will see how it plays out. Okay. So, Pixie Sticks, you're most excited for 2015? I I think I agree with Star Wars. I don't Michael Bay is not directing it, so you know there's hope for it. <laughs> I mean, don't worry, stuff will still explode real good. Dudes will get kicked. A new hope. So, yes. <laughs> uh, Amanda, what do you got for most anticipated? Actually, I'm going to start with my uh, my my least like the thing I'm least looking forward to is the okay. return of Damien to the Batman books. Oh, uh, yeah, Robin would... Rising. Um, I hate Damien. I want Damien to stay dead. They're not letting that. He's coming back with superpowers because he's been on Apocalypse. Can, <laughs> can Andrea shoot him in the face? Can, like, like, but it might not even work now. He's got somebody. superpowers. <laughs> I, I never liked Damien. I mean, he was written to be a little irritating shit and written well to be a little irritating shit. Yeah. And there was a certain amount of redemption as it went along. But, you know. On some level, I'm one of those old school, uh, Batman doesn't need a Robin. I recognize that does not necessarily carry through. There have been plenty of arguments that I can understand that, uh, no, Batman has to build a surrogate family because of the loss of his family. It makes Mm -hmm. total sense, and I can buy it, but I'm a lone Dark Avenger kind of guy. I want to see Batman just out there relentlessly kicking balls. The thing I'm least looking forward to next year, the, the potential disappointment of Star Wars aside... Yeah. Is is I don't need any more Damian Wayne in my life. I am certainly not looking forward to it. Yeah. So um that said, Pete Tomasi's Batman and Robin, the story of him trying to retrieve Robin has been really, really good. Yeah, you know what? It's a Batman story. Yeah. There you <laughs> it's go. It's not a Damian story. All right. <laughs> um but and and yeah, I think you guys have had have said everything I would say about Star Wars, so just in terms of a couple of other things I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to some selected titles in DC's Convergence because we're going to be seeing some characters that we haven't seen in a while, most notably uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle back I, together again. I do have to still give you the uh, <laughs> Justice League 3000 issue where they came back. 
Okay, yeah. but th- this. <laughs> yes, I got this. You. More of this. Yes. Um, and and also, and I'm just going to throw this out here because I, I would be, I'm looking forward to Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> I see. I think that's going to be disappointing. I don't think it's going to be. No. Imbecile. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> it, it, it. It was wrong, and you knew it. Shut up. <laughs> it's Ross Campbell art. Ross Campbell needs to draw everything. Everything. Okay. But it's live action, isn't it? No, no, the comic book. There's oh, okay. a comic book, IDW. It's, okay. It's, okay, then yeah. <laughs> you just saved <laughs> your own ass. Well, okay. Yeah. Is, isn't, I, I, maybe I'm misremembering, but isn't Sarah Richard doing some of the covers? Yes, for that? yes. Oh, right. They are fabulous. Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I, so I'm not becomes, by any yeah. stretch a gem fan. I would even say they are simply but, outrageous. Yeah. No, but they, I would be looking like, forward to that as well. What, what did you say? I said they're, it, it's simply outrageous. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Um, but no, Ross Campbell is is doing the art, and I now, think he needs Ross to... Campbell did gl- Glory. Glory. He's also okay. very well known for his run on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, not to be confused with J. Scott Campbell, who right. does the Brokeback in almost everything. That <laughs> Danger <he draws>. Girls. <laughs> yes. Um, Kelly Thompson is going to be the writer. Um, she's most well known for her Kickstarter Story Killer, which um, I haven't had a chance to read yet, but it's, it's well received. Um, and it's sort of a, a Buffy meets unwritten kind of story. A girl uh, finds out that stories are true, like fictions are true. Okay. Um, and just in terms of the the artwork that Campbell has already put out there on his Deviant Art site, and that's sort of made it out into the wild, he's got some really great character designs. I just I don't understand why he's not working more. Like if there's somebody that Marvel should sign to an exclusive, because in terms of his like stylized characters uh, like glory was like this behemoth of an amazon like that's that's what somebody with that level of power should look like his monsters are monstrous uh, look i'm th- sure axel alonzo would love to use him more but he's he's got so many monero ass in the air <laughs> commissions that he's got that noise fill. like <laughs> like it, it, there is no reason for somebody like greg land to work when ross campbell exists like his his can you, you, you even envision? You could have stopped before when Ross Campbell exists, actually. <laughs> um, just if he ever did She Hulk, it would be glorious. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome, actually. If there was ever a man built to draw mutants, it's Ross Campbell. Like, why? Why does yeah. not. <laughs> you know what? You get Charles Sewell, who is a lawyer when he's at home, yeah. to write She Hulk. And Ross Campbell to draw it. Yeah, you're cooking with fucking gas, man. That'd be a good be book. Friggin' brilliant. Yeah. Or, you know, have Jason Aaron do some more, you know, X Men stories and let Ross Campbell draw them. Like, <laughs> you still haven't excited me for Gem and the Holograms, but I-, I will look at the art when you buy it. So. Okay. That's because you weren't a young girl in the '80s. Exactly. Yes, he was. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> you were the worst kind of person. <laughs> So I'm, I, that's what I'm looking forward to. There, there, I said it. Gem and the holograms. All right. <laughs> did did we get everybody with? Yeah, with Star Wars. I War- think so. I think the only thing we missed, but we discussed it profusely earlier, is you know, Walking Dead now in TV time is coming upon the timeline mm. of Negan and the books, and that's going to be. So that's yeah. your most dreaded. That's dreaded. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. For me, most dreaded, Ant Man. <laughs> the, is that still happening? Oh, it's still happening. Oh dear. It's uh, <laughs> I, I forget. Is it Adam McKay directing it? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I, I think it's it. Yeah, you go from Edgar Wright 
who I've said my favorite movie of 2013, The World's End. Yeah, it was a personal vision, a personal script. He got the thing into pre-production in the early days of Marvel Studios when they were really willing to take a chance. And then he's off it, and you get a bunch of random people to do rewrites on it. And, yeah, if I'm remembering right, the director of fucking Anchorman. Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed. Okay, well, then I've got the wrong person. Well, McKay is on as a writer. Okay, so the writer of <laughs> of Anchorman. Um, yeah, I don't know what Peyton Reed's done. Uh, but... Blow. <laughs> it's Hollywood. They all do. But... Um... He has done uh, I, The Breakup, um, Bring oh. It On. He's responsible for Bring It I, I enjoyed Bring It On. Yeah, yes. me too. So but if there are cheerleaders really in this movie. Yeah, then... but the material isn't exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> uh, yes, Man. Um, oh, dear Jesus God, kill me now. The New Girl, he's directed some episodes of that. Uh, Cashmere Mafia, whatever the fuck that was. So hipster yes. stuff. Oh, and the Weird Al show I'm seeing, so that yeah. clearly qualifies. Him Back to, to the do... Future, the series. Oh Jesus! It was a Jesus. <laughs> so so yeah, it's this could have been a really good, really quirky flick that uh, maybe it would be a one-off and never ties into anything else in the Marvel universe. And now it's just all right. Well, shit, we've spent the pre-production money, and we're gonna hammer this fucking pig out whether it needs to exist or not yeah I, it's right i remember you know back when it was all still rumor with you know edgar wright and and you know nathan fillion was being thrown around yeah yeah like that would be awesome but yeah no I, I think maybe they're taking the you know the stance of well they can't all be picassos let's just get some of the crap out of the way and yeah well i, I think they had something that really could have been pretty special and had spent enough money on it and said well no now the direction he wants to go in doesn't lead us toward the Infinity War, so we have to do something different, and now it's enough money's been spent. Well, it's going to come out whether we need it or not. Yeah, throw yeah. it on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm looking more forward to the Netflix Marvel street-level crime series than than Ant I could Man. ever look forward <laughs> to Ant-Man at this point. So, you gave your most dreaded, Amanda. I Damien. Yeah. Fuck you, Damien. <laughs> have we covered most dreaded? Trebuchet, we get yours? Yeah, Star Wars. Star Wars, all right. <laughs> so I think that's everything. How are we doing on time? Way, way We're over. We're coming up on a uh, minute 53. A minute. <laughs> <laughs> minute. Hour 53. Hour 53. In walking dead time. <laughs> all right. In walking dead time. Okay, so, yeah, well, even though there were no clear winners for all of them, I think that is the end of the first annual crises. <laughs> This is not the right song at all. Uh, <laughs> still apropos. It still works, yeah, but... Ah, oh, fuck it. We'll leave it going, so... <laughs> so, yes. Uh, that has been the first annual Crises Awards. Um, yeah, all right. I can't even fucking no. concentrate with this on. Okay. <laughs> that Woody happening again. <laughs> Darth Vader does give me half a stock, but... So, yeah, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming of whatever the hell new is happening in comics or genre and talking about a couple of books next week. But it's been fun to do. Yeah. And, uh, yes, thank you to Trebuchet and Pixie Sticks for agreeing to 
to come to this fucking hey, abomination. Nathan, thanks for having us. And where's my bump? Where's your bump? Here's your bump. There he goes. One of God's <laughs> own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live and too rare to die. That groan at the end. <laughs> Just And that's the nicest thing yeah. he's ever said about me. Yes. So, uh... So, yes, uh, where can people find us? You can always find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Yes. Uh, if you want to reach us, our uh, email address is crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Facebook. We're trying to be more active with it. It's not our natural state. No. But we uh, we do get messages through that. If you want to shoot us a message through the Facebook page, you can reach that. Uh, we got a link to it on our main home webpage. We you, are, you know where else we get messages? Uh, on Twitter? Twitter. Are we on Twitter? We're on Twitter. Really? At Infinite Midlife. All right. <laughs> uh, What's we, our Twitter handle? Uh, at Infinite Midlife. Look, you remembered. That's, oh, re- my God. <laughs> remembered what? What did I remember? You're, you're tw- I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. So, <laughs> <Fuck's sake. laughs> uh, we uh, are on iTunes. If you found this on iTunes, do us a favor. Shoot us a rating or uh, give us a review. Uh, just so yeah, communicate with us in any way. We, we like communicating with <laughs> listeners. We do. Uh, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. We are. And uh, I guess that is it. That's everything. That is everything. So this has been episode 48 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. Thanks again to Pixie Six and Trebuchet for guesting. Uh, I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And, uh, thanks for listening. And Derp. Fucking Moffat. Fucking Moffat. Moffat. <laughs> All right, Amanda, you want to press stop? Make it stop.